and welcome to Will Nerds. This is episode 234. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And beep, beep, motherfuckers. Yeah, what? That's, uh, that's you every day, yeah? Beep, beep. Okay. I, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> the bandit was ready for some service. Uh, took the exhaust apart, put in the new link pipe, and got better seal on everything, and I'm hoping everything seals up better this time. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, well, while I was at it, I'm like, no, I kind of wanted to put the better headlight on, where I've got the two headlights, which is turning out to be a bit of a bitch, not going to lie. Um, but I figured also, you know, I've got those two horns that I had on the Strom under the front cowling, and I can okay. put them on the front of the Bandit, and they're pointed outward at the road on the Bandit. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. The echo is unnecessarily loud. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Who the funny thing is, scare? Uh, my daughter, for one, neighbor, uh, <laughs> presumably somebody in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, okay, I think these are wired up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the funny, the funny thing about it is, uh, once the headlights are on later this week, when I get around to those, uh, the, the horns will now be about the same size as the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so, just going to have all these round things poking out the front. Yeah. So beep, beep. <laughs> Everyone beep, beep. <laughs> is beep still an accurate sound? Um, strictly speaking, no. One of the things I really like about the Hellas is that they're not really a beep. They're more of a wonk. And <laughs> the two of them are tuned so that they're not tuned right for a diatonic scale. So it's like an uncomfortable honk when both of them are going. Uh, like, okay. sort of, like, like kind of makes your teeth feel funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's pretty great. <laughs> but it's together and the horns work. I had to, uh, I had to, uh, do a little bit of my own harness work, but that's not new anything right so, yeah All right, cool man i've been tooling around in the ural it's fun yeah it's good it's good it's good it's fun yeah the ural is immensely satisfying at 55 and below yeah which is pretty much you know because i'm just i'm not hitting the freeway yeah you're just tootling around town yeah running errands just get, getting out so i can not be in my house in front of a computer <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds that sounds pretty good, honestly. Um, my, my wife has made me uh, like promise to take lunch breaks where I leave the house. You've designated ride time. That's kind of cool. yeah, because <laughs> I'm I've been very cranky. We'll have to uh, we'll have to go up one of the canyons one of these days. If I take the if I take the Vespa though, I you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you take anything, <laughs> it'll, you'll be faster than me. Well, yeah, the Vespa, the Vespa held 45 the whole way up big, but you could see the gas needle move. <laughs> yeah, I'd be up for that. Cool. Just, just as long as you stay six feet away from me, because shouldn't be a problem. That's got that's got nothing to do with what's going on. I just, that's I just, just don't in like general. You yeah. near me, yeah. Sure. Yeah, people. You. You, yeah. Icky. Yeah, just you. You don't. You know. You. You have a, a musk. Yeah. You, a musk, yeah. You you've wanna, cultivated a musk. You wanna, I've noticed it more now that I don't have to come over to record the show. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> wow, some of the things that I have that I took with me kind of smelled a little of Todd. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Like the, I'm pretty sure that's why you gave me that jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to get some Todd smell on you. Yeah, just to have it floating around the house. It's pretty, pretty Todd in there. Yeah. Was was Todd just here? <clears throat> hey, Bonnie. Actually, I barely was ever Todd wore here? that jacket I gave you. I put it on once just to try it on, and I was like, yeah, honestly, my other one that's better size for me is better. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How come? And now just, uh, the size or. Yeah, something about the size and the 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 arms, or I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about it that I just the other one worked better. Some of it was the other one is really taut inside. It is, <laughs> it is. My fall staff is it's very, very taut in there. Oh my <laughs> goodness me, is it ever taut inside? Okay, wow. I I got it. It's got, it's it. got this 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 the smell arrives like five minutes before I do. <laughs> People are like, is Todd coming? <laughs> Your students at the range are like, what? What? What is that? What is, what's is what's that, that ominous? Something. What? <sighs> Filled with hate <laughs> and judgment. <laughs> it's like one of the horsemen are coming for us. <laughs> Sick but then you hit your horns. Stop, <laughs> 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 bitches! Beep, beep, motherfuckers! <laughs> Satisfying, satisfying on so many levels. I'm, mm. I'm looking. It's been a colossal pain in the ass, honestly, taking the banner apart, rewiring everything, because you start to realize like how shitty the 20 year old wiring is. Like, oh just, no, it's just. It's totally crappy. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this. It's gone. Are you are you gonna be like redoing the whole harness or No, there's a few parts of it. Like a lot of the a lot of the little um the big plastic pieces are built to last and they're great. Like all the big like, you know, where the the the, uh, the big ass connectors. The big ass instrument and all those connectors, those are all pretty good and they're built to last. Like you you know, grease them up a little, put them back together and you're good. The small she ones, said. yeah, the small ones, such as the ones for like the uh, turn signal or the uh, horn, mm-hmm. they're just little shitty plastic things. They're just going to pieces. So oh, a lot no. of a lot of those are getting getting stripped, resoldered, replaced, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's tedious. Yeah, it's not not horrible. The, honestly, getting the getting the old loom off is one of the grossest parts because somewhere somewhere in some Japanese factory, they've got this like, it's I, I just imagine like a big sheet of OSB with a drawing on it of where all the wires go. And then they've got this machine that extrudes this like glued on plastic wrap. I don't know what this shit is. I've never seen it in the store, but <laughs> it's got some sort of goop in it and they wrap it around the wires and the harness. And like 20 years later, it's ten times as goopy and disgusting as it was when it started. It's horrifying. Okay. Yeah, and we're that talking like six to horrible. ten linear feet of this shit. Oh my gosh! It's, it's fucking terrible. It's great now. Now I've got it wrapped with nice, high quality 3M tape in the places it needs to be, and shrink wrapped in places where it needs to be. But holy shit, getting that old stuff off, dude, that is not fun. <laughs> hey. All right. Chuck's like, this is why I sell bikes after a few years. <laughs> after a year. <laughs> well, actually, I haven't. Well, no, I've been I've been holding on to these for a little bit. 
No, okay, it hasn't been a year yet for the Busa. Yeah. See, that's, that's no what one, I'm saying. You know. No wonder I'm itchy to itchy to sell it. <laughs> to sell the Busa? I thought that no, was the keeper kidding. of the group. I'm just kidding. Okay. Freaking me out. I mean, if you were <laughs> going to sell it, you know what you could buy? What can I buy? You could buy, very affordable, a classic. It's a 1976 Honda CB750. This is the UJM that started it all, Chuck. 1976 Honda CB750, engine removed and partially disassembled. Otherwise, it appears to be complete with all the parts and basket. Wait, 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 what? What? Parts and what? Uh, basket. Uh, it's near. What? It's it's right downtown. There's no title in hand, but I have a bill of sale, and we'll create another for buyer and for all subsequent buyers. Keys are in the ignition. Subsequent buyers. So, how many times does he plan on selling this I, I bike? Don't I don't know. I added the subsequent <laughs> part, but uh, so you know, it's 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 a classic. It's a total classic. It's available now, and it's you know moderately, um, a bike. I'm really disturbed that there's not a not a motor. Oh, okay. Here's a picture of the motor. But that doesn't make me feel better. No, I mean it's, no. it's all nicely in a basket stuff. Like, sort of parts of it are. Yeah. There's yeah. There's, wow. There's most of a motor there. Probably. Yeah. I mean, there's likely right the big parts of a of a motor there. Uh, this was, uh, what is this? Someone's dream. This was someone's, uh, grasp, grasp, uh, attempt mm-hmm. at their youth. Yep. You know what disturbs me more about this picture? Huh? I am 90% sure I know who this is because I recognize the alley. What? <laughs> this is, I shit you not. I can see in the distance down the alley, my old shitty garage. From when I lived in the apartment with the garage, where my garage was just a shitty motorcycle shop. Oh right! <laughs> this is oh down, yeah, it does kind of look like that. This is literally down the road. <laughs> and I was the the guy bought the bike, and he was very proud of it, and he was going to fix it up, and it's gone. Wait, uh, so when he bought it, because it's been a long time since you lived there. Yes, yes, it has. Well spotted. So when he when he bought it, it wasn't running. I don't think so. I mean, I, I he didn't ride it anywhere, uh-huh. so I have I have my suspicions. I sus- it was it was probably not running at the time. And uh, I would it would it would appear to still not be not running. I I would say that's a pretty safe bet under the circumstances. Yeah, to still be not running. Yes. I mean, you could <laughs> you could push it around and make motorcycle noises, but the engine is conspicuously not you know in the frame or. Together. Oh, so is 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 this the alley that you went sliding down um, on a sheet of ice? You know, this interview is over. <laughs> that your your wife took a picture of? Maybe. <laughs> that very famous, the very famous picture of Todd looking through his turn mm-hmm. as he goes almost completely horizontal. <laughs> Yes, I believe that to be this alley. <laughs> how how far away from this bike would you say that spot is? Mile tops, probably more like a quarter mile or less. <laughs> is, it, is it bringing back good memories? Um, not really. 
You no. want to talk about it some more? No, no, I'm good. Should, I, we, should I, we move I, on? Yeah, we should. We should go someplace else. Okay. Uh, how about a '66 Suzuki K15 Hillbilly? An actual classic. In ooh. I have the original title. The only thing not original on it. The seat was reupholstered, and the side covers were repainted. Starts first kick, 5,900 miles, runs great. Awesome novelty bike. I've had it stored in my living room for as long as I've owned it. You know, right up until that moment, this seemed fairly normal. (laughs) At least least he didn't say he was sleeping with it. On the other hand, it is pretty. Yeah, it looks really nice. This is that that era before the UJM when the Japanese makers were like, we got to make something just like Triumph so people will buy it. (laughs) <laughs> so is does that say something about how well it runs i don't know mm-hmm. okay I, how do you feel about the price of 2500 bucks for this i think i think what's going on is uh this seller is trying to sell to a to an enthusiast is all i can mm-hmm. figure like a hillbilly enthusiast someone who will keep it in their living room yeah Honestly, probably somebody somebody of a certain age where they remember this bike fondly. Because mm-hmm. you know, so they're there in their living room, two TV trays, one in front of him, one in front of the bike, mm-hmm. couple of hungry man dinners. <clears throat> yep, seems reasonable. Yeah, because you know, while this is an interesting piece of history in terms of actually being a bike, you know, the UJMs were superior in every conceivable fashion. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's a reason why the UGMs became as numerous as they are. Yes. <laughs> as opposed to this. Which is as numerous as, well, here's one. Here's here's a shiny one. Mm-hmm. It's quite yeah. shiny. Look good in the yeah. living room. <laughs> it's a conversation piece. There you go. It's a conversation piece. That's, yeah, that's what we're is. looking at here. Yep. Total conversation piece. Elsewhere in the land of shiny and pieces of history... This is a 1960 Honda Dream 305. Neat. Whoa. Runs and drives. One kick. Has electric start. Needs a battery. This thing is in good shape for 60 years old. Open to trades. Wow. Yes. It does look good. It is It is immaculate. I mean, as immaculate as one can expect. Um, at 60. <laughs> at 60 years yeah. old. I hope I look this good at 60. You don't look that good now. Okay, that's a, that's a fair cop. <laughs> um, yeah, there's another another little piece of history. This is this is one of the when Honda was starting to try to make cooler looking because when Honda showed up, Honda was making you know let's be honest, kind of dorky looking but practical motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, we Stuff need to make something ran. cooler looking, and they did. Yeah. This is this is pretty cool looking. I always wonder though about the people who have these perfectly immaculately restored motorcycles, which were. Sort of cool at the time, but not like like objectively amazing or revolutionary. You mm-hmm. know, they just they just loved it so much they kept it really well somewhere. I I, I don't quite get it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you know they it harkens back to maybe somebody's youth and he just yeah. wanted to you know grab it for uh, another shot. Well, this I one mean, has like parts, and you look at the dream and the things I notice about this dream. The dream has modern rubber. Um, mm-hmm. and like there's dirt and stuff on it as though it's been ridden, but it's otherwise in like really good repair. Like 
someone actually rides this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Oh man, this is a. Uh, this is pretty cool, and the aesthetics still hold up. I think. Oh yeah. Today, the, the aesthetics of that kind great. of like stainless tank with the pads on either side that both the both the hillbilly and the uh, dream. By the way, if the hillbilly looks a little like the dream to you, that's not a freaking mistake, right? That, <laughs> that was not a mistake. Suzuki for years was like the cut price Honda. That was their jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that does. Uh, I mean, it just it still looks very well put together. Mm-hmm. Yep, like better than some cafe racers I see. Many yes. cafe racers I see. Yeah, my 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 greatest worry, honestly, about a bike like this is somebody's going to be like, "I'm going to take this and make a cafe racer out of it." That person would need to be shot. And I'm just imagining like a bunch of old guys, including Dale, dropping out of a tree and just beating them within an inch of their life. <laughs> Howling like monkeys. Yes, the entire time. <laughs> you bastards. Dale never, Dale never let go of his cup of 7-Eleven coffee. Not once. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, let's see what else we can find here. A restored 1961 Cushman Eagle engine wow. machine work by Alaska Drag Bike. All new engine parts from Cushman Performance Electric Start Kit added. This is a street legal scooter that is licensed and can be ridden daily or just put up for show. New, no detail left out. Call or text. And we have a Cushman in actual good shape. In defiance of the usual Cushmans we see in the ads, which are bits of them. Yeah. Um, street legal and ready to go. It, and the paint's really nice. Yes, they've chosen an interesting ye- banana yellow paint, but, you know, uh-huh. in case driving a Cushman around didn't get you enough attention. <laughs> well, you know, some of those little old ladies can't see that high over, over the dashboard. Yeah, yeah, this would be well below the dashboard of most cars. <laughs> though, though it look a bit like a Harley, you have to understand the scale of this thing. It really needs a banana for scale. Um because it's small. there's that that number that picture number five kind of gives a sense of tiny. Oh yes, yes, it's rather tiny. Uh, this was up in Alaska. Mm. Man, someone in Anchorage, Anchorage has this thing. Wow, this yeah. looks like a labor of love to me. A lot of these old bikes look like labors of love. Yeah, this has definitely been in someone's living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, living room bikes. It's the new class of bike. You got your shadow economy on one end, and you got a living room bike on the other. <laughs> I mean, I understand you could also put like a clapped out beat to shit uh, racing gixer in your living room too. Yeah, Hi, John. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not quite the same aesthetic. Not doesn't doesn't quite have the the. It's still a conversation piece, but it doesn't quite bring the bring the cool in the same way. Yeah, it doesn't quite bring an appreciative tear to your eye. Mm. 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 At Maybe the end we of our trip, better. At the end of our trip oh, wait, back what? in time, there's a 1970 Triumph T100R Daytona with a Ooh. video. I I like seeing old Triumphs. Yeah? That's kind of neat. Yeah, just because uh, I like Triumph as a brand. Oh, okay. Now, the interesting thing about this is this is a T100R Daytona, they say, but it's got, it's got the, you know, it's got Tiger fitting to it. Mm. I mean, time was the Tiger was basically the same ass Triumph bike with knoblies on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a high exhaust. But yeah, this is uh, this is quite the uh, really well restored Triumph. This actually reminds me of the Triumph that the guy had like twenty pictures of in his wallet. 
more than his grandkids <laughs> when I ran into him at that show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's got that kind of this, feel about it. This looks like also something that is, is ridden. Yeah. It's got enough. The pipes are, you know, blued and scuffed enough that it actually gets out and goes around. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And yeah, yeah he has a, a little video for it. So I like I got, that color green. It is cool. Yeah, the dragon yeah. green. It looks yeah. good on the Triumphs. Now, I got a question for you, Chuck. As we're looking sure. through all of these historical bikes that someone has lovingly you know, put together or dreamt of lovingly put together, which, which bike would you put in your living room? Out of these or just in general? Just out of in general. Of the bikes, bikes you have or have had, which one would be a living room piece for you? Uh, you know, really, uh, the Busa. I, I kind of figured that would be your answer, partly because it is really a, you know, it was a, it, it was a piece of motorcycle history. Yeah, and it's very cool looking. Yes, it is that. It's definitely yeah. aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Why do you ask? I was just curious because you know I, it's hard to predict, right? I mean, okay. what would you do? Um, you know, I don't. Honestly, no. Do you appreciate bikes in that way that you would not, be like, yeah, this should be in my living room? Not really, to be honest. And I think that's part you, of it. Yeah, you you strike me more as a this is a this is a thing that's a, a means to my my desires, my end. Yeah, all, all my bikes are chosen because they're a thing that does the thing I want the thing to do. Right. You know. I mean. Yeah, yeah. The bandit. The bandit is freaking great. Would I put it on display? No. No, not really. No. Oh. No. Oh. The Vespa? Maybe. That's kind of cool. That it's cool. It, it was the last of the carved Vespas, so maybe I don't. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I still. I'm trying to imagine putting it in the living room, but the problem I hit there is like the thing about the Vespa is it's in addition to looking really cool, it's so freaking practical and fun to ride. Like why wouldn't I just go ride the shit out of it? Until it falls apart beneath me. <laughs> like every bike you want. In, in accordance with the prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the Busa, definitely. Yeah. So the one, back other bikes. the one bike I got to ride recently that I think is both an incredibly cool bike to ride and a sensible bike to ride and also pretty has to be the FTR. You got to ride the FTR? Yeah, I rode Melinda's. You rode came, Melinda's FTR? Yeah, she came over to steal flowers uh, from my uh, garden that we were digging up. And she was over getting flowers. And she's like, take that thing for a ride while I'm doing this. I'm like, okay. How, how did she take the flowers back? Huh? She put them in her weird one-sided side case. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're just bulbs. I am ridden that thing. It's freaking I, great. I think it's I sat on it. Fantastic. It's got the it's yeah. got the usual problem with fuel injected bikes before they get the map worked out where it's like a little tetchy down on the low end. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, God, what a freaking great bike! I uh, I got into Big Cottonwood Canyon and there was nobody in front of me. I hit the light perfectly, and uh, I rode the posted limit for a little ways. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very law abiding. Some someone else's bike you're definitely riding at the posted limit. One hundred percent at the posted limit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All limits. And I realized something. In addition to it's just that's that's such a great bike. It's a little slower to tip in than I expected, I guess. That was the one thing that I found. It was uh 
it's a little kind of gradual on the lean in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just cause it's got a little more rake to the front end and all that. Um, there's kind of a fat front. I have not been uh, on a fast two wheeler in a long freaking time. It's, it's interesting because I've, uh, my barber is really big into, uh, Indian bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he, he has one, he's talking about, you know, what his next Indian will be. So I brought up the FTR to him mm-hmm. and he was saying from the, the other Indian people he's been talking to, like the dealer here in town, mm-hmm. they were saying they, they just not selling. Really? Yeah. Is it because of the, you know, is it, is it, uh, is it the, I forgive me for saying it, but is it the Buell effect? I don't know. He he was kind of at a loss as to because he thought it was pretty cool looking too. It's cool looking. It's great riding. The seating position is almost identical to the Bandit, like really nice, comfortable, neutral position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, I I think it's a great bike. But uh, yeah, I remember him saying that the dealer here in town was just it's not doing well here. Hmm. That's interesting. Did you did you hear that noise, Chuck? Sounded like bloop. <laughs> <laughs> so I see you've got that on the showroom floor for a while. <laughs> interesting. You know, if the, if, if the fuel doesn't come through for some reason, now I have a backup plan. Oh, okay. Well, oh, all right. Not not strong. Uh, there's always the strong backup plan too. Just grab a Gen One strong and. <laughs> Slap all the freaking accessories I have lying around for it onto it and just go. Yep. Yep. Wap, 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 done, go. You know, like some of some of my touring stuff's gone, but realistically, like, I'm just not going to. I could throw a freaking bag on the back, half-ass it yeah. touring, bag in a, lo- yeah. in a, in a uh, trunk. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, an FTR would be nice, though. Mm, very nice. I hope bike. it's I hope it's successful for Indians so that they keep it and maybe add to it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one sided uh uh you know because it has the big flared exhaust so that you can only put the luggage on one side. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little weird at first, but you know as I was looking at, it, I'm like, nah, it kind of works actually. Bizarre, but it works. Yeah, I think it's something you get used to real quick. Mm. You know, like a beauty mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's very cool. You got to ride it. I hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the I, I, I hate Melinda. Melinda said she'd, um, you'd you'd hate us for that. So you know. Yeah, I, I hate both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, as as hard as I can right now. Mm-hmm. I hope you can feel this. I I can actually from I'm, from miles I'm, away. I'm doing this as hard as I can. Right. I I hope Melinda feels her neck burning. Mm. <laughs> So uh, I guess I'm not going to get to go to a lot of shows this year, which sucks. Not a lot of shows, not a lot of events. Uh, I guess Daytona just kind of squeaked under that line. Yeah, Daytona barely. Bike Week. Yeah, and that was that. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder how many people came away from that with getting a little sick. I reckon it's more than zero. Yeah, yeah, but uh, who knows. But yeah, they they've managed to they managed to get it. I see like Sturgis is wait, going to wait until mid June to make a decision mm-hmm. as to whether they're going to run. Yep. And it turns out that there's also conferences online. Okay, we're on with Alyssa Klickenberginger. <laughs> <laughs> 
Click, Clickenberger. Alisa. Clickender. Clickinger. Clicken. Clicker. <sighs> this is after right. a half an hour of coaching. So, so bad at this. <laughs> names are too long. Hello. Um, oh, yeah, I should probably uh, say this part, too. Um, so Alyssa sent us a bunch of stuff about herself. Uh, she's been on the show before, which uh, they had to remind me because I totally don't remember these things. Um, I just remember I met her uh, at IMS last year. And she does all the things. She has a bigger – she's sort of like the Bigfoot of the Internet as far as uh, social media footprint. <laughs> She's the author of Boost Your Confidence Through Motorcycling. Uh, she's ridden the Trans-American Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, back-to-back, uh, doing a figure eight of the United States on a DR350. Saved orphans she's, from a burning bus. Uh, <laughs> or- orphans in Argentina, which she had to ride to from New York. Yes. She's ridden in Israel, India, Africa, uh, Spain, Portugal, Bosnia, Boxerum, Lemberg. Alisa, thank you for slumming <laughs> with us tonight. <laughs> yeah, she is way too high class for us. Um, I, I, I don't understand. There's no class here. It's just wanderlust. And mm. there's no better way to see the world on two wheels. And you were just recently, just like, Last week, right, did the uh, Women's Motorcycle Conference online, yeah? We did. It was fantastic. We, we had almost 350 people sign up, 348 to be exact, tickets sold, and uh, it, was, it was really great. We had a fantastic array of presenters, and we had a maker's corner. We had a couple of networking sessions. We had um, a couple of panels. One was a confidence panel. We had a bunch of um, different presentations on um, finding a job in the motorcycle industry to coming back from a crash to some mindset stuff. It was it was really cool. And uh, I'm pretty proud of the pivot that we did because, you know, uh, my team just we were trying to figure out how do we serve like you guys. Right. I mean, now because of the stay at home order, you know, people are looking for more entertainment, more connection and more information and uh so yeah so we offered that up and we're happy it was a success yeah everybody in the okay. industry's got time for podcasts now huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so you need to be the trendsetters yeah <laughs> how did the uh how did the whole stay at home quarantine thing change the conference i mean apart from the obvious well, well i mean the stay at home thing really is what um is why we came up with the conference because I've been planning this massive cross country ride for women in mm-hmm. August of 2020. And, um, suddenly everybody has to stay at home mm-hmm. and we can't gather and my life's work for the past two years. So, you know, I, I was sitting back and crying in my, coffee for a couple of weeks and then um, good save with the coffee that's a a day that ends with why for me (laughs) so yeah so um, we had a team meeting what are we going to do how can we serve and um, and this idea popped out 
And we said, hey, we don't know how long this is going to happen, how long people are going to be on a stay-at-home order. So we want to make sure that this happens within, with you know, in the time frame that people are still at home. Hmm. So we did the impossible and pulled the whole thing together in two weeks. Wow. <laughs> we, we learned a lot. Oh. We learned a lot about uh, Zoom webinars. I, I, I use Zoom a lot, but webinars is a whole different beast. And um uh, we got all the presenters. I mean, it was amazing how quickly all the presenters came together, but we had to do a lot of training with them. We hired somebody to come in and, and, and actually train all of us uh, to, to, to do it. And, um, and it just, it, I don't know, it came off really well, I think. I mean, the feedback's been super positive. Um, and we're going to do it again. So, so I have to ask about the training because you know you had a trainer in to train everybody. Is it like don't burp directly into the mic, uh, don't read <laughs> your slides, uh, don't pick your nose because everyone can see it? I feel attacked. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, the training was partly the the controls, the console, uh, because we had to oh, make everybody a uh, a co presenter, hmm. but also um, Zoom webinars is very different in that. If you've ever been on a Zoom call and there's back and forth and you can see each other and you can chat, well, webinars is different because we had to sort of prep everybody for the fact that they will be sitting at home talking to a computer screen. Uh, talking head. They, yeah. They just had to look at their camera and talk and do the presentation that way. And it's rather disconcerting. Um some of the other feedback that we got was um, that we needed to wait a little bit. Uh, we had so many people entering the, the Zoom uh, room, if you will, that it would take it would take a while for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It would take a while for 200 people to enter. So we would already be talking. So we actually had to sit there. It was like the most uncomfortable 10 seconds. But we'd sit there with a smile on our face, looking at our computer screen, waiting for a you know, waiting for the, the room to fill and then we could start our presentation. So there was just a lot of nuances and um, that uh, were, were fun stuff to learn that, that the learning curve won't be so steep the next time around. Is it as intimidating when you're giving the talk in the room? Because in real life, when the room fills up and people start sitting on the floor, you're like, oh, shit, I better actually do a good job. Oh, Oh God! <laughs> as the, well, as the blips go on, is there a point at which you go from like this is kind of funny to this is starting to frighten me? These yeah. are real people. Well, yes and no. The 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 there's two really disconcerting things. One is that you have no feedback, so you're just sitting there talking to your camera, and there's no face. You know, they're giving oh. you, hey, I like you. Hey, this is terrible. You know, you're not getting that feedback, so mm. it. It, it, it's just disconcerting. And then uh, the other thing is, uh, as the presenter, you can't see the audience. So you, you know, you understand that the room is filling up behind the scenes. But uh, so what we did as um, there were a couple of presenters that I had that were really nervous. And so I said, hey, well, I can stay on screen with you and I'll give you that feedback. And so that really helped. And then what I did is I just blipped off my video after like 10 minutes, you know, the the audience didn't need to look at my face, but I was giving the presenter that sort of nonverbal feedback, like, you know, the smile with your eyes and your lips and, mm-hmm. you know, like encouraging <laughs> them, leaning towards the, the camera. So eye contact, uh, eye contact. Yeah. Go, go on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so 
Yeah, but it's also terrifying as a uh, as a as a conference uh, producer because, well, I suppose live and in person you have the same terror. Like somebody gets on stage and maybe they don't, uh, you know, they don't connect with the audience or their message is kind of like falls flat or something. Or so they've had a few too many. Same, um, yeah, we we only had uh, it, it. You know, so you're. you're you're sort of sitting there waiting and hoping that it, it, you know, that it goes really well and that they don't choke up in front of the camera or, or whatever. Um, there were, it was funny cause some people, um, uh, after a while we realized that we had to coach everybody to, uh, to not take drinks and stuff like that because, you know, it's distracting. <laughs> Chuck, don't take drinks when you're near the live mic. Uh, Excuse me for a minute. <laughs> Go on. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's all good. But, you know, I'm like total type A, so I wanted everything to be perfect. And I wanted, yeah. So I feel like you and I would get on really well. So big, <laughs> big success, though. I'm seeing uh, across the across the uh, the interwebs, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of really positive noise about it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. And um, we like I said, we did. did you know, the feedback is really good. I think it was very timely and that's what we wanted. That's why mm. we put it together so quickly. I don't, I don't think that it had the feel of not coming together. Uh, sorry. I don't think it, it, it seemed to the audience like we had put it together um, On the very, the very quickly. <laughs> but I mean, truthfully, we worked around the clock. Um, I worked with a, a gal named Brittany Morrow. And uh, so I'm an early bird and I'm on the East Coast. So I'd be up at like four and I'd be working until about two when I sort of conked out. <laughs> and then she'd take over and she'd start, you know, working on the, the web page and the, the, the presenters and, and mm-hmm. she'd take over. And then she went from like two to midnight. And so literally we were working around the clock to make that thing happen. And, um, wow. uh, but it's cool. It, it, it worked. I mean, I don't know when you birth, you birth a new thing. It's like, it's kind of cool to watch it take on a life of its own. You know, it, 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 it was fun. And, and we just, it was so in the moment when we were, uh, um, presenting the conference, it was really a lot of fun. It was, you know, the first one was nerve wracking for me because I was hoping the technology would work and I was giving the keynote. And so I was really, really nervous, but, uh, and that's how I know about the no feedback. You just have to, you know, I'm delivering this keynote to my, to the, the, you know, the the little hole on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, um, uh, but it was, yeah, it it was, it, it was really a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it again uh, with a women's only conference, and we just decided this morning that we're gonna do one that's not focused on women, just for everyone, all motorcyclists. So cool. that's gonna be June fifth and sixth, and uh, we have some crazy ideas for the people that we're gonna have involved in that. A lot of how to, and um, uh, we're gonna have the makers panel again because that was really. Uh, popular, but we're going to put a twist to it this time. Uh, people who, uh, who are actually uh, entrepreneurs in the motorcycle industry uh-huh. and uh, and making the products, and so it's a great opportunity for people to, um, you know, ask them questions directly. And so, you know, those products that you see in an ad in a magazine. Well, here you get to talk to the people who make it, 
So that's pretty cool, you know. Um, and so a yeah. uh, question now, yes. did you find the online format actually made it a lot easier for more people to come? Yes, absolutely. Mm hmm. So do you think you'd lean that way again in the future as opposed to the in-person where, you know, you basically get whatever half of the country it's in? Well, yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. I love bringing people together. And I think that this online I, th I think that this COVID-19 thing has changed yeah. society. And I think a Hello. lot more people are yeah. icky. <laughs> well, you know, we're. People are embracing technology a lot, a lot more. Uh, people who never got on Zoom or Facebook Live or you know are are, are now uh, embracing it more. And so I think we're going to see, uh, as a byproduct, I think we're going to see people coming together more and more virtually. I think people, I think event planners, uh, of which I am one, are certainly going to question. Mm. Uh, hmm. You know. Uh, so, uh, for instance, I have a uh, six-figure contract with a Marriott hotel for my August event that I'm sweating mm. because yeah. Cause um, is people, that a thing? People, right. Can people even gather, you know? So, so when you, when you're an event producer, you have to put a lot of money down on a hotel and book the space and hope that people will come. Right. Well, online, you know, you don't have those six figure <laughs> contracts with convention centers or hotels so i think you know I, I mean just from what i'm seeing from where i sit i i, I think we're going to see a lot more online um activities but there's nothing that can replace that person-to-person -person contact so uh we are planning on if we can gather in august we're going to do a hybrid because i was already planning a women's motorcycle conference in Arlington, August 2021, 22. So now we're going to do a hybrid. We're going to do both at the same time, you know, both online and in person. So frankly, so if, if we can't gather, then, you know, we'll still save the day by having a virtual conference, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How many speakers did you have at this conference? Oh, we had uh, 25. Whoa. Yeah, some of them were on panels, and uh, and then we also had some folks like Katie McKay. She uh, she ran a couple of the connection sessions, which were networking sessions where uh, folks. It, it was it was not seminar style; it was uh, mingle style, so everybody could log on and talk all at the same time. And uh, and so Katie McKay, she ran one of the connection sessions for us. That was pretty cool. She's a community builder. And um, so we had three three of those sessions, and then we had two panels, um, and then uh, a bunch of uh, individual presentations. We we <laughs> what happened was we kept hearing we, we we sort of put out a call for presentations, and um, and so we had enough, and then more came in, and we're like, oh, that's so cool. Okay, well we'll just we'll extend the hours. Oh, that's so cool. We'll extend the hours because originally it was going to be like. And then three sessions on Friday and I think eight, seven or eight on Saturday. But we ended up going from, you know, 10 to 9.30 both days. Um, so we just kept adding more and more 
<laughs> and being online, you get you can you have that kind of flexibility. Yeah, exactly. You do have that flexibility. If you had, you know, if you booked a conference room and you couldn't get into it until 11 a.m., well, you know, you're stuck with your agenda, you're stuck with your flow, you're stuck with all of that stuff. And so we wanted to stick to our schedule because we had published the schedule, but um all along, we said it will be subject to change up until 48 hours beforehand. So, so we also had a uh, a way of yeah of, of of being that flexible, if you will. Did anyone not like the new format? And if they didn't, didn't, what what didn't they like? I didn't receive that feedback. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, but I think that. Um, so the feedback that we got was people wanted more time and they wanted um, some more uh, con- connection one on one interaction uh, kind of thing interaction yeah sorry not one on one interaction um, there were a couple of sessions that for instance the the makers panel we we allowed an hour and it was very clear like we didn't even I think we had something like forty two questions in the lineup. And we, we, we got to like the first six questions. Um, so what, but Zoom lets you, uh, it has a feature where you, it, it, if, if people put their question in the Q and A, it, it'll, it'll let you know which questions weren't answered live. Like as, as the person mm-hmm. running the controls behind the scene, you have to mark whether you answered it live or not, but all the unanswered questions, we had a name and an email associated with. So we could go back and answer those questions later but oh that's uh, super cool it's a really cool feature but the point i was trying to make was that we didn't allow enough time we had no Mm. idea that you know an an hour would be way too (laughs) way too little so so now we know and that's part of the growing process as 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 you guys have probably found i mean sure i'm sure you what you do is probably pretty similar right you want to kind of know ahead of time you know, how your people are going to be, you know, are they, are they, um, are they lacking for words or are they like incredibly verbose like myself? There doesn't <laughs> seem to be any go. middle ground in guests. Cause you've got on the one hand, the guest who we have to like beat an interview out of, it feels like, um, I them up. yeah. And then there are the ones where we just like wind them up and let them go. <laughs> like me <laughs> case in point. Um, but you know, it works out well because the whole, the whole point, you know, it's the same reason people, People love listening to other people, I think, is honestly just the heart and soul of it. Um, yes. You know, that's why they like the panels. That's why they like watching them interact. Like, God, the, the show we did with the, uh, oh, what was the one? We did a panel show kind of like yours with the uh, the bike, or it was the community garage people. And uh, hmm. holy cow, uh, they all wanted to talk. <laughs> at a once. lot. At once. <laughs> We definitely needed a moder- moderator for yes. that show. <laughs> Next time, moderator. Someone with a club. <laughs> but I think what we do is kind of similar in a, in a way, you know. How many barking dogs did you hear? Uh, none. You're none. kidding. What? Not even in like the socials. <laughs> okay, so there was this really cool moment the first uh, uh, the first evening. We had a uh, an after hours party, so the it, the conference was officially done for the day. But it was kind of like you know, imagine a live conference. Everybody's 
you know, doesn't quite want to go to bed yet. So they meet up in the bar or whatever. And they're the Marriott you know, kicks them out at 5 a.m. Marriott <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we had a session like that. And at one point, like there was you could see like cats walking in front of cameras. <laughs> and at one point, I don't know, a whole bunch of people, like 20 people just like hold up their cats. It became like the cat moment. And it was really fun. Um, you need to have and, the crazy cat person panel. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which <laughs> I used to be that before I became a motorcycle traveler. <laughs> well, you know, if you get, a, I'm just going to say this, if you get a sidecar and a carrier, a, yeah. Or, or one of those things where you can strap a cat to the front of you while you ride, because that's not a terrible idea at all. <laughs> you get the you get the backpack with the little porthole. But mm. you know the the, cag, the caggles just never you know the doggles doggles are great, but the, the caggles I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> never really it doesn't have the same ring. The yeah, it doesn't it just doesn't work the same way. Hey, you want to buy some cankles? Yeah. <laughs> so on. On the other end of things, uh, apart from the conference, um, motorcycle tours, that's got to be a bit of a, a experiencing a bit of a strange, strange days, huh? Yeah, I've been, um, you know, chatting with some of my colleagues who are all in the same boat. And um, it's, uh, it's a difficult thing. I mean, it, I, the whole motorcycle, this is a real blow. I, I'm Worldwide, it's a blow, but... Mm. And because I'm in the motorcycle industry, I'm really seeing how it's, you know, it's affecting. I mean, a lot of these dealers in the motorcycle industry, they, um, well, you asked me about tours. So, <laughs> sorry about that. I <laughs> well, segued you, a little bit. Okay. You can segue to interesting stuff anytime you want. Yeah, okay. you, you, you can Wind you up, let you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, back to the tours. Um, it's a difficult thing, you know, for, because many people... You know, travelers on the one hand, you know, travelers want to travel, so they will travel. But then there's a lot of the, the the people who, you know, aren't frequent travelers, or they're they're in that demographic. You know, they're older people, or they have some type of immune mm-hmm. thing, and they and they they don't want to travel. I mean, what I can tell you from my perspective is that when when COVID first came out. Um, and people didn't quite know what it was going to be. Mm. I had, I had a bunch of people contact me and say, Hey, I want to pay now. I want to make sure that you do this. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I please don't pay me in full now because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to mm. take your money and then have to give it back. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's very, very nice of them. And then, um, and then it got really quiet and um, it's sort of like, it then it got really uncomfortable because I didn't want to be promoting and I'm not, I'm still not promoting my event because who knows if it's even going to happen. Yeah. Uh, And it feels a little crass on some level, doesn't it? it You you get all those emails from like the, you know, the scuzzy banks and everything like it's a, it's a difficult time right now. Why not buy a Toyota minivan? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, So uh, yeah, it's, it's the, I I feel for all the tour operators certainly, but but there's a ripple effect through the entire industry, you know, especially the dealers. 
And the dealers are running pretty tight as is. I mean, well, I don't get the impression there's a lot of margin on the bike itself. No, they, they dealers make their money through the um, through the what they call PG&A parts, um, parts and accessories. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in a lot of the country, these motorcycle dealers, they don't sell much. You know, they barely scrape through the winter and then they emerge into spring. And that's when they sell bikes and gear and helmets and gloves and all that stuff. And, you know, and now nobody's going to dealerships and buying things. And um, it's 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 putting a real strain on industry and, and, and a lot of the manufacturers have shut down. I mean, they've closed their offices. Sure. You know? Cause you can know a bunch of people working an assembly line, making motorcycles. If they're going to get sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a big problem. And, um, I'm, I, I think that a lot of people are going to have to, um, to shift. I mean, mm. I, I mean, from, from my yeah, my sad story. You know, I've been working on this for two. My event for two years. I didn't plan any motorcycle tours this year. Wouldn't have done me any good anyway. But I hadn't. You know, I just had my big event this year, and then now that's probably not going to happen. I can't imagine that we're going to. You know, we were talking about bringing a thousand ladies together. I can't imagine that. That's. that's I think that's good. more than ten. I'm not a yeah, mathematician. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the whole industry, you know, but, but you know, then again, we also led the reinvention. I mean, that was, that was the, the theme of our online conference, reinvention. Mm-hmm. And so reinventing the way that people come together and connect. And I think there's tremendous opportunity there for people who provide good content. I think that we're going to see, uh, unfortunately, I think it's, it's kind of a nail in the coffin of print magazines because everybody's going to be so familiar. You know, we were already heading towards video anyway. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys, you have to take a shower and probably get on video at some point. Screw that. <laughs> Pants? <laughs> oh, sorry. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're enjoying that uh, connection Mm-hmm. Even if it's virtual, so I think we're going to see some some reinvention of of the way people come together. Certainly, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe a lot of the democratization of content. You'll forgive me. I've got this soapbox under here. I'm just going to pull this out for a sec. Because <laughs> speaking as a grubby podcaster, nothing irks me like seeing a uh, you know like NPR is like we have a bunch of podcasts. And I'm like, okay, technically those are podcasts. But those are produced in a studio with a staff of like ten freaking people. Okay, yeah, those are professional radio shows. Yes, that happen to be given out that way. On the other yeah. hand, every time I see a new grubby homemade podcast, I'm just thrilled because that's a voice that you don't get to hear until now. Yeah, yeah. And have you folks found an uptick in um, in listeners and in subscriptions? You know, I haven't actually looked. Uh, certainly, I, I, certainly, interaction from from interaction from listeners is up a lot. Good. I Good. haven't looked at numbers in a long time. I don't. I don't know if anyone listens to us. And you know what? That's so damn cool. That is so damn cool. Cause you, <laughs> no, seriously, because you just do what you're doing and you keep on doing it because it pleases you, and that's the best art, really. 
Well, like, you know, and that's the best we form said, of service. Right now, this is the only social interaction I get. <laughs> I don't want to talk to Todd. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Here we uh, are. Here you are. <laughs> So a couple, a couple of uh, a slightly, uh, almost as vitally important ones. Did Brittany do her bit in front of the helmet wall? Because she was waffling about it before, and I was like, no, you have to do it in the helmet wall. Yeah, she totally did. Okay, I good. didn't know that there was any. Uh, oh, any there's a about that. there's a bit of bit of waffling on Facebook. Like, well, I don't know if it's too busy, and everybody's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, oh, good. just checking. Um, I missed that. Yeah, totally in in front of the wall. Second, second question would be, so there's listeners who are listening to this right now or whenever we actually get our asses in gear and edit it. Um, <laughs> and they're thinking, oh, my God, I missed that by, we'll generously say, two weeks. Um, can so they still – can they, <laughs> such dreams. Can they still watch the conference? Yeah. Um, we have recordings available. So if they go to the Women's Motorcycle Tours website mm-hmm. and um, – womensmotorcycletours.com slash conference. And uh, that's where people can sign up to be informed of the next upcoming conference, or they, they can email me off the webpage and, mm-hmm. uh, and I can provide the recordings. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. You'll have, you, you'll get a, you'll get an uptick of three, maybe four people. <laughs> be great. Well, operators Was... are on standby <laughs> to take your orders now. <laughs> operator. <laughs> yes, operator. <laughs> Thank you for calling Women's Motorcycle Tour. This is absolutely recording and not me doing a voice. <laughs> well, was there one uh, presentation or talk at the conference that was your favorite? Yes, I'm asking you to pick your yeah. favorite child. Oh, that's <laughs> mean. Um, instead, I'm going to tell you about what I wanted. I didn't put in. <laughs> What Ooh, I wanted, she's ready for I'm, politics. <laughs> because I'm an author, I really wanted an author um, uh, corner, and we just because uh, remember I told you it kept expanding, expanding, expanding. Mm-hmm. We we sort of ran out of space for it, and we we didn't have a good place to to put it in the in the lineup. So that's definitely a feature that'll be in the next. Uh, online conference is the is, is an author's corner where mm-hmm. we'll have a moderator and talk to people about both you know their books but also the process of writing a book you know because there's so many people who have been on these great adventures and maybe they want to write a uh, you know write a story about it or uh or ask their favorite author you know somebody whose book touched them uh you know what it what it took to 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 write that or you know what goes into getting a book even published mm-hmm. so is there a particular that. kind of motorcycle author you want to aim at for that is it the real stories because i mean I'm, I'm thinking of motorcycle fiction that's on my shelf and nonfiction, and there's a it, it's pretty pretty broad the selection there um yeah i well for the upcoming conference mm-hmm. uh romance novels please say you? romance i mean <laughs> motorcycle romance novels <laughs> Motorcycle bodice rippers, cool. front to back. Yeah. Motorcycle romance Bigfoot novels. Ah, I, there you go. Hey, yeah. Bigfoot romance novels are a thing on Amazon. Are you serious? Yes. I, I live. I live a sheltered life. I'm gonna have to risky click. <laughs> risky Bigfoot, click. Dinosaur men. 
yeah. lizard men, aliens, romance, <laughs> erotica. It's all there on Amazon. Yeah. Don't I, ask why I know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, now, yes. Um, I, I I like Traveler's Tales. I also like um, I like the the DIY and uh, and the learn to ride better types of books. Those are all favorites of mine. So principally a nonfiction kind of bent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, Liz, Liz second Jansen. Bodice Ricker one. <laughs> um, broke, <laughs> Todd has a manuscript he wants you to read. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, I hear you can get those published on uh, Amazon for a buck. <laughs> Would you be comfortable with talking about the, the, the ride that you, you've been trying to organize? Sure. Cool. So, yeah, because you've kind of mentioned it in passing a, a few times, so let, let's talk about the Centennial Ride. Okay. Um, originally planned as a nationwide celebration of the Centennial of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. I thought no better way than to celebrate freedom to vote than on motorcycles. They're both very emblematic of of, of freedom and hell, I just like a good excuse to go for a long ride. Mm-hmm. So, and I like bringing people together, particularly women. Um, although this event was for uh, anyone, uh, men and women, I have women, both men and women on staff. And um, we were planning on starting on the West Coast, and uh, we had three main cross-country routes. One came across the northern part of the country, Portland and across, and then San Francisco and across, and then Los Angeles and across. We had 10 different uh, start cities and a New York historical route and a start in Orlando that came up to Atlanta and then over to Knoxville. And all the routes would come together in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is... uh, Tennessee was pivotal in the um, in the story of the passage of the 19th Amendment because you need 36, 36 states to ratify an amendment before it goes on to Washington to be signed into law. And Tennessee was that pivotal state. And the cool thing was we are scheduled to be in Knoxville where the 19th Amendment was signed uh, on the exact date that it was signed, August 18th. Uh, 1920. Oh, wow. We were planning a big celebration. I've been working with the city of Knoxville. I've been working with all these cities. I spent the the winter on the IMS uh, International Motorcycle Show circuit um, promoting the ride and uh, helping in the Discover the Ride area at at the shows. And uh, um, that was just such a neat experience to be able to get, you know, first contact with so many people with motorcycles. It was just really, really cool thing. And um, I'm talking about the ride around the country. And then in between shows, I would um, be sussing out hotels and, you know, looking at um, facilities and convention centers and meeting with partners and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, as I mentioned, it it took me, uh, you know, I've I've spent the last two years planning this and Mm -hmm. I, 
uh, now I really question whether it's going to happen. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time admitting to myself that I don't think it's going to happen. I have several options. Um, uh, one of which is to postpone it for a year. I just, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, the Olympics had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can can too. That's sort of my example. And, you know, so for the past several weeks, I've been saying, hey, if, if Sturgis happens and if the the suffrage centennial celebration happens in Knoxville, then those are my two pivotal pieces and our event will run. But now Sturgis is reevaluating. I mean, Sturgis, you know, and this is huge. For, this is huge for them. I don't know yeah. if Sturgis should really be your model for uh, for a combination of motorcycle <laughs> well, rally and infectious disease control. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. But I had a really cool experience planned there at the Buffalo Chip. So uh, we, uh, we were going to take the ladies glamping there uh-huh. and basically show up. And we had these luxury tented accommodations. And we were right there at the Chip. So we got to take it. We would have would be able to take advantage of all the the concerts and all the entertainment right there participate in the biker bells celebration mm-hmm. there on tuesday morning and then um then go to the concerts at night and then roll out the next day so we were gonna have two magnificent days there um so it's just as an event planner it's a little I, i'm high <laughs> I'm highly invested in this event, you know, because it's not like I'm it's not like it's just a job for me. This is this is this has been my life's work for the past couple of years. So mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time uh, uh, internalizing it. Yeah, I guess, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I don't I, I don't want to give up on this, this this baby that I that I've mm. created. But I really there's been no that's other, there's this other really practical part of me that thinks, well, you know, I mean, can we in August, will we even be at a point in this um, this this virus where it makes sense for people to gather? I, I don't I really don't believe we'll be under stay at home orders in August. I don't think the American people will stand for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an election year, so no politician is going to say. Okay, folks, stay at home for another there's a, four months. There's a butt lurking behind that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I think, uh, I don't, yeah. Like, would I don't you know be comfortable be doing that? Would yeah, the appetite I, be there to be around that many people? Yeah. And I don't, you know, right now it's just a guess. I don't know. Well, That's so the. The roads will still all be there for the ride. I mean, barring some serious Mad Max crap, in which case, you know, you, you're just going to have to become, you know, you're going to have to lead Barter Town. Um, but uh, biker gangs failing, <laughs> biker gangs failing that. Um, the roads will still be there, so I guess you, you, the problem becomes the bookings, huh? It's the the locations, the the venues. Yeah. It's it's that it, so there's there's two sides of any event. There's the um, the infrastructure. So will all you know thirteen or fifteen states that we ride through will they all be open? Will mm-hmm. um, will the hotels um, be able to operate? Will they have enough staff? Will 
or will have, you know, will they have proper cleaning procedures in place? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's my a whole question, new chain of logistics. Yeah, and so then there's the other, then there's the other side of it, which is the um, the organization side. Um, when COVID nineteen hit, most of my sponsors, I I was I was set to have a terrific march. I had my press releases all set, and I had like I had some amazing announcements. And um, as soon as COVID-19 hit, um, one by one, they said, no, no we're going to reevaluate. And, and that was uh, uh, disappointing on my side, um, but uh, smart on theirs. A bunch of companies lost tons of money on MotoGP because MotoGP had the misfortune of being like right at the beginning, mm. you know, so they, they, they couldn't even look five months down the pipeline you know down the calendar like i can and say i mean maybe they were lucky or maybe they <laughs> it was just a fate a complete but uh, i don't know which is worse come to think of it whether it's just like having it you know abruptly game over or guessing what's going to take place in five months i don't know four months now you know, well i, I can, don't know i can give you some good news is that although Motorcycle sales aren't going great from dealerships. Ridership seems to be pretty alive and well. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly get out and ride your ass off right now because, you know, I I never take my helmet or my suit off. So, you know, I'm not touching Mm -hmm. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's motorcycling is the perfect form of social distancing, is it not? Yeah. And we're still training people, although it's I have to yell a lot louder. and My voice is pretty goddamn tired at the end of the day, but. You know, it's uh, are you guys still doing the classroom portion? No, shit. No. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Wait, but you're you actually just... training people in a range. Yeah. Wow. You So what yeah, you do is you take you take you take half the people, you spread them out so that they're never closer than six feet anyway. I mean, the, honestly, the number of times they're closer than six feet are mostly when you're talking to them on the range, right? Mm-hmm. So you spread them out further. You have less students in a class, which kind of sucks. But then, you know, basically you stand back as the coach and you yell at them. And here's a funny thing we've learned. As a coach, most of the time, we've been standing too damn close. Uh, like several of the exercises, I'm backed off six, seven, eight feet. And I'm like, you know, this is actually a better spot. I should have been here all along. For like huh. ob- observing? Yeah. For observing and just for giving them space to do the thing and not being right up on top of them. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a learning experience. But happy news is people are people are still coming. People are still trying to get riding. So, you know, they'll be when they come out of the yeah. gate, they're going to want to go far. Lisa. Cool. That is really cool. I didn't see. I live in my own little myopic universe. That is really cool. I'm so glad that people are coming to this. Still coming to the sport. That's fantastic. Mm. Young folks too. I, uh, I, uh, the one, the one old guy self counseled out of the class, and uh, I was the oldest guy there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good too. That's great news. Mm-hmm. We need, we, you know, we, we need to usher in the, the riders of all types. Mm-hmm. You want to borrow my uh, bullhorn, Todd? Uh, no, as it turns out, this will come as a great surprise to you, but I'm pretty loud already <laughs> you're not gonna you need to you need to save your voice that's your sweet radio voice 
my sweet oh. radio voice. I'm not using the full radio voice until now. <laughs> Hello, listeners. <laughs> How are you? That's really cool. How does that work for you on the range? Uh, I mostly just <laughs> holler. <laughs> Hello, riders. Welcome to motorcycle training. Stop sucking. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Elisa, if they want to go and look at the conference they missed, sorry, listeners, should have gotten around sooner, uh, or <laughs> see some of your other stuff, or what tours they can dream about when the quarantine is lifted, uh, where should they go? Sure thing. Oh, uh, you got definitely. half an hour for her to list all these links? Yep. <laughs> no, there's only one. It's www.womensmotorcycletours.com. Dudes, okay. you're allowed to go to. Yeah. On the on the centennial ride, the the uh, the regular tours are just for ladies only. Hence, hence the name. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes hence sense. Name. Yeah, we'll have a, a link to that in the show notes, along with the link to her uh, AlisaClickinger.com webpage and the CentennialRide.com webpage and her YouTube channel <laughs> and her Twitter, her, her Instagram, you, her Yelp. And you can't you can't swing a cat on social media without hitting LinkedIn. Lisa. <laughs> Facebook, MySpace. She still has a MySpace page. <laughs> we, neither one of us are in her top eight friends. Alisa, thanks so much for being on with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm so glad you asked me back. And uh, hopefully I was well behaved enough that uh, that we'll talk again soon. Not too well behaved. This is Wheel Nerds. I think the online events are a, a, a way of the future. I think so too, because on, on the one hand, like I agree that a little in person is cool. Um, it's so much easier to go to an online event for so many people, and and you know, like not just not just you know, I'm thinking of like the the young students I've got who are just starting to ride. Like they're gonna go out and buy some shit pile bike, and they're not gonna go and spend like thousands of bucks to go to a fancy conference somewhere far away. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah. if there's an online thing, they can sure go and enjoy that. So, yeah. Hey. And it there's like the sky's the limit as far as the size. Yeah. Right? You're not you're not limited to the the physical facilities. Yeah. And and you can and you can have, you know, people presenting who are totally lame ass presenters. Chuck, we could be presenting at conferences. We we should totally present at conferences. We should totally do a a, a, a podcast panel at a conference virtually. Yes. Do we have to well, do we have we, to do a panel? Can we just do an episode? Or? <laughs> well, yeah. When I say panel, I mean a panel of us. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm more comfortable <laughs> with that. You know, maybe maybe just to, to flesh it out, we'll bring in a few of our auxiliaries. Maybe. Maybe. Because. Yeah. Uh. We run the risk then that they'd rather listen to the auxiliaries than we'd us. Be, we'd be selective about the auxiliaries, only the really we're, boring ones. We're we're not going to be as popular as any of the people we know. Damn, <laughs> it's all gone wrong. Yeah, I mean, Mona would drive right up on her FTR, and people would just be cheering. Oh, and, and we'll just walk off sadly, <laughs> even though we're already at our own homes. <laughs> <laughs> On the bright side, there's beer upstairs. You know, there's beers. Hey, you know, virtually we could put together our own conference. Ooh, Sounds we could do a real nerds online conference. 
get like other podcasters as as presenters. Hmm. Interesting. Oh my god, dude, we could do a we this week. This is this might have legs. That, that might. Might we're gonna need uh, so much beer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Nokomoto and me alone uh, account for a sizable amount of beer. Yes. Throw uh, Wes in there, and it's fucking over. Uh, but everyone would be would be providing their own beer because everyone's. You're everyone's right. Like, oh. This does have legs. We can do this, yeah. Chuck. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> we just have to tell them to show up with a microphone, and they, you know, they do that for free. Yeah. I, this this could be fun. I know who we need to get to MC. All right, it's a go. We're making this happen. I have no idea how or when, but we'll we got yeah, something we gotta together. Start planning this. We're gonna start start bothering Alyssa. Alisa, Alyssa. I forgot Alyssa. how to say it already. Alisa, start bothering her. Hey, hey, how do you how do you do this one bit? Hey. Don't hang up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I kind of dig this idea. Yeah. Yeah. What what have you learned this week, Chuck? I've learned we have we we have a we we we've come across a, a cool new idea. We may have hit upon something. We may have hit on something. Yeah, this could be really cool. What have I, you learned? I I've learned that even if we do something like this and it's terrible, people really could use something to listen to. So what the hell? Yeah, I mean, if it's terrible, who cares? <laughs> it's not like we put, you know, a bunch of money into a conference uh, convention center. I've also learned that the market for motorcycle bodice rippers is horribly underserved. <laughs> and so, on a totally unrelated note, I must go. That's all That's we got time all for. The time. <laughs> That's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Tom. Please make him stop. Please make him stop. <laughs> Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. All right. Sorry. Did we all just go to Amazon right now and start Yeah, we'll just stop talking and go to Amazon. Maybe. Oh, we'd love to. I, there's the dog barking, too. <laughs> I, you asked me about it. Wow. Fantastic. Thanks, Thank Wimbledon. Thank you. Jeez. And it's Elisa Clickinger, right? That's correct. Okay. I am apologizing in advance for what I'm about to do. <laughs> I've lived with it my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this is nothing new. <laughs>